As you know, we've been in a series, uh, we've been talking uh, from Psalms 23. Today we're going to read Psalms 23, verses 1 through 3, and I would like to uh, park on two points uh, which are very important for us in our Christian walk. Um, in Psalms chapter 23, verses 1 and 3, it reads as follows. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Father, thank you for your word. We pray, O oh God, that you would open up the eyes of our understanding. Your word is multifaceted in nature. Yes, it is. And by your Holy Spirit, we can understand little bits at a time. I thank you that you give us our daily bread. And part of that daily bread is, is another part of your scripture that you reveal to us. So we might know it, understand it, and walk in it. Thank you, Father, for it. We give you the glory for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. You may be seated in God's presence. So last week I uh, talked a little bit about the, the power of water and, and how he leads us to still waters. Today I want to touch on two very important points. Uh, they're, they're vital in our lives, in the life of a Christian. The first point I would like to uh, speak to you a couple of minutes about is this issue of, about the paths of righteousness. Righteousness um, has various aspects to it. Righteousness or righteous living or righteous actions or a righteous positioning. In other words, um, God sees us righteous because now He sees His Son in us. And His Son cleanses us of all sin. So even though here in the natural we tend not to forget, I know what you did to me last year, God forgets. He forgets your sin. He throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. He has an ability to see you and not see your past. Amen. See you brand new. Amen. When Jesus comes and dwells in you, He sees His Son in you. Amen. So He sees you totally righteous. He sees you as a child of God. In other words, He sees you as a son, as His daughter. And that's an amazing thing, because when I consider that my mother is still 80 years old, and she still gets upset at me if I don't call her every week. She wants to know what's happening in my life. Uh, if, if, if I get sick and my wife doesn't call her and let her know, she will get offended because she feels she has the total, absolute right to know everything about me, even though I'm already 55 years old for crying out loud. <laughs> she will talk to me like if I'm 18 or 17 or 16 or sometimes 12. And I have to remind her every once in a while, Mom, you know, the other day she got so upset at me because uh, she called me. I was in the middle of a meeting. So I honored her by picking the phone call up. I said, Mom, I'm in the middle of a meeting. Give me a couple of minutes. I will call you back. Okay. So, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're busy. You're busy, my son. You're busy. So, okay. No problem. Then I called her up about an hour and a half later. I said, no, no, no. Forget about it. Forget about it. You're busy. You're busy. And then she hung up on me. So I said, all right. I know my mom for many, many years. She didn't take that very well. She was slighted. She felt slighted that I didn't tell the board presidents and things like that. Listen, guys, I know this is a, a meeting. It's a board meeting. But later for you, mommy's talking to me. You know, she, she really, she expected that from me. So I had to, uh, we broached the conversation a week and a half later. And, and, and she said, I'm not going to call you anymore. I'm going to wait for you to call me because you're always very busy. I said, Mom, please, por favor, please. Mom, I called you, or rather I picked up the phone because I honor you. If it was somebody else, I wouldn't have picked up the phone. 
want to let you know that you're special, so I call you. I'll do that with you. I'll do that with my wife. Those are the only two people I'll do that for. Everybody else just has to wait. So don't take that as a slight. Take that as me honoring you. And then we spoke about it, and then, and then I had to mention to her, I says, what are you getting so upset for? You, you got a working son. I'm not, you know, doing at home doing nothing. I'm not in trouble. I'm, 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 I'm doing well. Everything's okay. But see, the point I'm making is because since I'm her son, there are expectations and demands that she could put on me. There's a love that she has for me that transcends age. Because she doesn't see me as a 55-year-old busy man. She sees me as her son. Period. Yes. That's it. Yes. You're my son. Then she tells me, that, no, because if, if you're sick, whatever time, I'll be over there. I said, Mom, you're 80 years old, man. You know, give yourself a break. I'm all right. I'll come help you. You don't need to come. No, no, no. Mira, I'll give my life for both of you. Because I, yeah, my brother. I went, truly, being a mother is a lifetime thing. So parents hold a very important position in our lives. And, and Heavenly Father, when he births us into the kingdom, he covenants with us. He says, now I will be your father and you will be my son. You will be my daughter. So part of righteousness is because, remember, God is holy, holy, holy. Nothing unholy could dwell in his presence. So by nature, we can't dwell in his presence. All of us, we cannot dwell in his presence. But by virtue of the new birth in Christ, we can. And not only does he save us, he doesn't save us and make us one of his hired hand. You understand? He saves us and makes us his own children. So because of that, now he wants to be involved in our lives and he wants us to be involved in his life and in his kingdom. But you can't Amen. be that. You can't practice that unless you're righteous. So then he furthermore gives us the gift of righteousness Amen. in Christ. When we come to Christ and we're born again, it's not something we have to do. It's a gift. Say with me, it's not something we have to do. It's a gift. When Christ births you, um, what happens is God declares you righteous. In other words, you can stand in His presence. Amen. In other words, you are totally forgiven. All of your past doesn't make a difference anymore. One of the titles of the devil is the accuser of the brethren. So he's constantly accusing us. Yeah, you did this. Yeah, you did this. But in the court of heaven, a child of God uh, has a different uh, um, authority because the prosecuting attorney, the devil, is saying, you did this, you did this. But you know who's our advocate? You know who is our lawyer? Jesus. So Jesus is seated with us on our side at our table. And who's the judge? God the Father. So see, it's, it's stacked on our favor. Because when God the Father says, okay, what did he do? That you bring him before this heavenly court. Well, he did this, he did this, he messed up, he sinned. And then Jesus stands up, uh, uh, heavenly Father, um, he received me. He asked for forgiveness. Then the Father goes, oh, okay, case closed. Bam, I declare him righteous. The prosecuting attorney has to take his tail, put him between his legs and walk out yes. with another loss. Yeah. You understand? So I love that about uh, Heavenly Father because he declares us righteous. But that's one aspect of righteousness. It's a gift. It's, it's imputed upon us. It's given to us because of his name's sake. See? Then number two, um, another part of righteousness is simply right actions. Yes. Right behaviors. That is not automatic. That takes time. If I come to Christ and I've been sinning all my life, or by sinning, I've been missing the mark all my life. That's what sin means, means to miss the mark. You, you know, God created us in such a way so that we could excel in life. We could enjoy life here and fellowship with him. But many times we miss the mark and we get into things that are not good for us and they, they destroy us. Yeah. 
So if we've been behaving in a certain way all our lives or acting in a certain way in all our lives, it takes time to break out of those habits. So that's why Christians really, really need to calm down and stop being so judgmental about others that are coming into the kingdom. If I've had a 25-year smoking habit, for example, and in the middle of the service I have to go out and smoke a cigarette because the nicotine thing is killing me, we have to, you know, give the guy a break or Amen. give the gal a break. Amen. Yes. Yes. Let's not yes. be so hard on that person. Well, he, I thought he was a Christian. Well, he is. He loves God. He just came to Christ, um, what, a month ago. Yes. But now there are certain behaviors that little by little, that person, via the process of, of just starting to live for God, uh, being discipled in, the, in a local church, learning the Word of God, learning the behaviors that were detrimental to them in the beginning or in their, in their lives, and now they start letting it go little by little by little. So if a, tell, a person tells me they're a Christian, I'm just going to say, okay, well, praise God. All right, I, I, I take you at your word. Then if I see a certain behaviors in them, I guess I'll pray for them. Lord, help them because uh, maybe they haven't had that revelation yet in this situation. And if I have a chance, I'll help to mentor them so that little by little they, they can align their lives with the righteousness of Christ. Uh, understand? Uh, what, what happens if you, you, you were like every single third word was a curse word? Yeah, your sore mouth. Your potty mouth. Right, for many years. Here, footing the footing the footing all over, footing the footing all over the place, right? And now you come to Christ, man. You, I mean, you're crying, you know, the whole thing, you get baptized, and, and every once in a while, a footner comes out. <laughs> what happens is the Spirit of God. <laughs> says, You mean that's still happening to you? All right, it's okay. So every once in a while, yeah, yeah. Even, I mean, I've been in the Lord thir- almost 40 years now. 15, 55, 40 years, yeah. So every once in a while, I, if, if you put me in a really tight situation, I mean really tight, a lot of stress and everything, every once in a while, maybe half a foot in a coma. <laughs> and I'll say, oh, shucks, sorry, Lord. See, but since I'm, I'm my spirit man is... <laughs> yeah, 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 it happens. I, I admit it, I admit it. So... What I, what I realize is, is you never become perfect per se because there's no perfect man on earth. If you're perfect, you better die right away and go to heaven because you're going to mess it up sooner or later. So what happens is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> serious. So what happens is, is, is you start growing from grace to grace. And then, after a while, when you do the thing that you've always done before, now the Spirit of God is sensitizing your, yes, your yes. spirit man to that. Say, Ooh, this is, this, the Holy Spirit doesn't enjoy this. This is not my life as a king anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a king, you, you know, you, you, think about a king right now. How does a king and a queen walk? Regal, you know. Yeah, they're regal. You, 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 don't, you don't see them. I'm, I'm just using this as, as an analogy. Please, guys, don't, 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 don't take me too harshly. But if you, I'm not going to go into the king. If I'm a king, I'm not going to come out. My citizen there is. What's up? <laughs> you know, it's just certain, <laughs> there's just certain behaviors. Yeah, yeah, I'm just making an example, right? All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. A comedy show, maybe, but not in the king's court. There, 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 are, there are certain ways, certain behaviors that, that belong to certain settings. Yes, 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 yes. I'm in a board meeting. I'm not going to go to the board press and say, Yo, Prez, what's up? I'm not going to do that because the press is going to go. Did this guy have too much wine before coming to the meeting? 
because it's not expected of us. Oh, but now okay. as Christians, uh, yeah. God starts uh, prepping us and then he makes us sensitive in his spirit. Yes. Yes. I mean, in our spirit, yes. by his spirit. So there's certain behaviors, now we start letting go. So part of the problem of religion is religion will say, well, you're in church now, you have to dress a certain way. You have to act a certain way. You have to talk a certain way. See, but that's religion. And I find, and, and, and it breaks my heart sometimes, and I've been in the Lord for many, many years. I find that the worst critics many times are long-term Christians. They've been around for a long time, and they've lost that sensitivity of when they first came to Christ, and they had 1,000 issues, and how somebody loved them and mentored them through the process. Or they might have been raised up in, in one of these very strong legalistic settings that didn't allow them to make any mistakes and constantly berated them for their quote-unquote behavior. So now they uh, have replicated another Pharisee just like them. You see? But God doesn't call us to judge. Actually, the Bible says, do not judge so that you won't be judged. Now... Having said that, having said that, having said that, the, the, the parallel to that or the other uh, side of the coin is that if you're in the kingdom and now the Spirit of God is ministering to you and, 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 and is telling you this is wrong, this is wrong, and you keep on and you ignore the Holy Spirit over and over and over, come month and come year, then what happens is uh, sometimes the Spirit of God will let you go into your mess and you'll keep on going to the same thing. You become recidivistic or you, you, you keep on going into the same habits and the spirit of god is working with you but you re you're rebelling against the spirit of god so that's the flip side the spirit of god will work all over you he'll be all over you and then what i find in the, uh, the spirit of god will be very merciful to you in the beginning but if you keep on then little by little he'll put a little more uh, uh, tuelcas. you know what i mean tighten the bolts the nuts and bolts and after a while he'll let you go into some serious crisis and then you cry out to god and then he'll be there but he'll let you go through the crisis you, you understand my point? So this issue of righteousness is a beautiful topic, but suffice it to say that, that the, the shepherd would, would actually go before the sheep, before they ever go. He'll go to a new terrain. He'll identify terrain uh, where there's grass, where there's food for them, prep everything for them, let them go. Then, you know, once he's ready, he brings them into these paths, right? Now, if you leave sheep unto themselves, sheep are not very smart when it comes to these things. They'll come in and graze and graze and graze. They'll eat everything up. And they don't even care what, what's there. They'll just eat it. And then if it's gone, if there's no more grass, they'll start with their hooves, they'll start tapping into the ground mm -hmm. and breaking the ground and they'll eat the root. Mm -hmm. Right? And then another thing about sheep, if you leave them there long enough, I'm going to get a little, a little graphic. Yes. Sheep don't care where they go. Right. They go where they eat. So you can't keep them in the same place. You've got to keep them moving, right? And then you've got to replenish that soil and repl replenish that area, which is what the shepherd does. See, the sheep don't care. They'll come in, okay, the shepherd has me here, time to eat. They'll do whatever they do, they'll enjoy, but they will mess up whatever terrain given enough time. And this is what happens with us. We have a tendency of doing that. We come into situations, we come into blessings, and left to our own devices, we mess up everything. Because of our recidivistic behaviors. Yes. We keep on going back to the old stuff. Yes, yes. You see? And so God, the high shepherd, the chief shepherd, he needs to keep us moving. Mm -hmm. He needs to provide for us because if he leaves us alone many times, if we have no direction, we mess up. Mm -hmm. our, sometimes we are our own worst enemies. Yes. Amen. 
But, but God the Heavenly Father, since He knows us as the chief shepherd, He'll prep everything for us and then take us on these paths of quote-unquote righteousness. A path of righteousness is the path that will bring me into the right living, right actions. He's not trying to keep us from having fun. He's bringing us to a place where we will have the greatest life ever. He came to give us life and life in abundance. Praise God. We're the ones that mess it up. Oh, I'm I'm sick. Well, okay. All right. So let's deal with this issue that I'm sick. It could come from a thousand different areas. But what can we do to try our best? Well, we can exercise. We can eat right. um, We can make sure our home is safe. We're learning right now. I'm I'm doing a lot of study on this on a professional level. How our homes can make us sick. And we didn't know these things. You know, you you use a lot of Clorox, you use a lot of uh, uh, different type of chemicals, and that stuff leaches into our pores, through our pores, into our bloodstream. You see, uh, many times we don't have the adequate ventilation at home, so all that stuff just stays there. Do you know rug has formaldehyde? Mm -hmm. And that stuff leaches into the air. The old buildings, many times, they have... um, um, Items in it that are no good. There's mold, there's mildew, there's dander. Carpets, I tell you, don't get me wrong. I, yeah, I like carpets, they're great. But you got to clean these things every once in a while. Some people will come into a room and start sneezing like mad. You know why? They're allergic to something. It could be a dust mite. It could, it could be cat dander. How many of you get hit hard by cat dander? Yeah, it's, it's alive, it's there. So if we know these things, we'll be able to live in such a way where we can overcome that. And, and actually excel. And th- this issue of living righteously before God, there are actions in the natural that affect our spirit man, that affect our life. Like for example, if I'm always gossiping, that's a curse. Yes. Yes. See, so now by revelation, I know that, so I stop the gossip. I stop talking against my brothers because I'm talking against Jesus. One time, uh, um, uh, somebody did something, he affected, he's actually an apostle, uh, before being an apostle, he would persecute Christians, and he would come at them and get them arrested, and, and one of them even died right in his presence, mm-hmm. and one day Jesus literally did a special delivery, right, I came right at him, knocked him off his horse, he became blind on the floor, and he's saying, who are you? He says, I'm the Lord who you're persecuting, who, mm-hmm. I'm not persecuting you, I'm Persecuting, is, persecuting those crazy Christians. Yeah, that's my body. <laughs> you see my point? He took it very personal. Amen. Amen. That's right. So could it be that the one you're criticizing is God's beloved? Mm. And you're criticizing Jesus? Yes. Yes. See, so we know that by revelation, we'll back off and we'll say, Lord, Amen. help. Bless, encourage. If you see something, you know, do something to edify instead of destroy. Amen. There are many, many behaviors of uh, my life, uh, my, or rather my, my speech. What I try to do is I try to pattern it after the Word of God. Amen. I know I mess up. I know I'm, I have not arrived. But I'm sensitive to it now. So if I blow it, immediately I, I sense it. Oh, this, the Spirit of God is not happy with this. Father, forgive me. Help me to adjust this. Right? If we mess up, we apologize. It, we, we try to keep... Actual, uh, if, if a bribe comes our way, we don't accept it. That's right living. These are right actions. Somebody comes up to us, oh, this is nice. When you take this, man, you feel good for a couple of days. I'm not going to take that. You know why? It, it, it's not only is that stuff going to destroy you, but it's taking you away from your purpose in life. Why would a king want to get high? Why would a queen or a prince or a princess want to get blasted? 
and get so Amen. drunk Amen. That, that they can't even walk in the street. Amen. You understand? That's not endemic. It's not natural to uh, the Christian lifestyle. And God doesn't walk us, want us walking that way because the life we're called to live is so much higher. And we're called to bless people. Every day, is, every day that you're alive, you're a blessing. Every day that you're alive, there's a purpose behind that. There, there's something special God's calling you to do. I don't wake up in the morning and say, all right, same old, same old. Yeah, yeah, how you doing? Ah, la misma cosa de siempre. Same thing every day. Right? No, no, not for me. Not for me, because I understand there's something redemptive. There's a redemptive value to me waking up in the morning. Amen. Amen. Since I'm alive, I still got to do something in Christ, right? Yes. Amen. Yes. The day I don't wake up anymore, I've, I've completed my task. Yes. You see, my complete, I've completed my assignment. But as long as I'm alive, I'm called to do something. Yes. So Hallelujah. say to your neighbor, we're righteous, we're righteous. but we're also practicing righteousness. Praise the Lord. So this, this issue of righteousness is an amazing study, and I recommend you get into it even more so. Then the other thing, in part B of verse 3, it says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He's not leading you into righteousness just because He loves you. He's leading you because of His own glory, His own name, His own honor. Amen. You're His children. Now, I don't know about you, but if my children mess up out there and I have to pick them up in prison, not for nothing, I'm going to feel that my name is being affected here. Anybody? If you had a child and they're in prison, wouldn't that kind of affect you a little? If you have a child and they win the Nobel Peace Prize, how are you going to feel? If you have to walk in to the White House because your, 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 your child just became president, how are you going to feel? Isn't your namesake, uh, you know, is, is, isn't your name sort of like encouraged when, when your children do something? Good, that, 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 that encompasses something that will benefit humanity? Absolutely. So this is about him. It's not about you. See, we think we're the center of the universe many times. We think we're all that and a bag of chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about you. We're not the center of the universe. We get the privilege of participating. But in this morning, one of the meetings we had, we were talking about fracking, uh, you know, how, how they're getting gas in Pennsylvania, and some of it has radon and all that other thing. And then she said this, we're only here for a small speck of eternity. And it's our responsibility to hand something over to our children that's cleaner than what we have today. Amen. And I said, man, that lady's preaching and she doesn't even know it. Yeah, because it's true. We're only here for a certain amount of time. So this is your time to shine. You know, and the enemy would try to get you so messed up in your mind, so confused, so uh, um, connected to so many things that, that, you know, you have no time for yourself. And you have no time to be who, who God called you to be. At age 15, I knew I was going nowhere. Except when I heard the word. Once I heard the word, then my mind shifted. And I realized, oh my God, my life is important. My life counts. God wants to do something through me. And now four decades later, I realize, look how beautiful my life has been because he's led me on the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And I get the blessing of partnering with him. And I get the blessing of living a rich life, of helping others, of, of, of representing Christ here on earth. So the next aspect of it is not just the paths of righteousness, but this issue of his name. 
Wow! Names are so important. The name of God, um, when, you, when you hear Elohim, when you hear Adonai, when, when you hear Jehovah or Yahweh, it's precious in itself. It's the ever-existent one, the one that always was, that, that is and will always be, the, the, the self-existing one, the one that doesn't need anybody, doesn't, was never birthed, is, is there, always been there. But we know that they give us names. Uh, sometimes it's based uh, on, on a novella. Yeah, yeah. Some people gave a name because they liked the name. They heard it in a novel or in a movie. Or maybe it's like the famous name of uh, the year 2000. <clears throat> it could be a compound name. We're doing that a lot now as a culture. But in the old days, they didn't name people that way. They named people based on that person's nature, on the family's nature, the fam- family's character what they thought it would be. One guy, uh, this lady birthed them in the midst of pain, so she called them uh, Jabez, I think, because it means pain. So all year long, all, all his life growing up, yo, pain, come over here. So everybody called this kid pain. So he grew up as a man and he made a prayer to God. God, I pray that you bless me, expand my borders, so I would not be a pain anymore to my family. So I'll be a blessing. You know, and, and then the Bible says God honored that prayer and he made him a blessing. So, so names are very important. And then sometimes people will name you, but then they'll give you a nickname. All right? So I don't know about your culture, but in our culture, it's very heavy. We all get nicknames, every single one of us. I still don't understand what my nickname means. It's Papo. Yeah. I was supposed to be Junior, because I'm Victor Junior. But my mother called me Papo. Now, I'm still thinking what Papo means. I, I'm, I'm just saying one day, maybe she was on a pogo set. Papo, Papo, Papo. Oh, I call him that. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. I, 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 yeah, I, I just... <laughs> and if you call me Papo, I won't respond to that. I, only if my family calls me that will I respond, for whatever reason. My brain is set in such a way. My mother calls me, although she now calls me Victor, finally, after 55 years. She's now calling me by my name. But the beautiful thing about it is they usually name your nickname based on uh, maybe who you are. Uh, like for example, no, no, I won't say this. I won't say it because I don't know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that will not go down good if somebody finds out and share this. But the beauty about a nickname is it, it's more akin to who you are, your nature, um, you know, what you did as a child maybe. You see? And some nicknames are fun. Other nicknames you don't want at all. You don't want anybody to know it. It's, it's embarrassing, it's shameful, because it speaks of a past life. It speaks of something maybe you did in the past, so it, it's very important. But when it comes to God, when God shares a name with you, He's actually sharing part of His multifaceted nature. So when, when, when He says that He is the Lord God Almighty, that's exactly right. He is saying that He is the Lord God Almighty. He can do all things. Right? When he says, I am Jehovah Jireh, what he's saying, I am the God who provides. So I want to be not only your savior, I want to be also your provider. He loves providing. God is not just God, he is the Father, the Heavenly Father, and he just loves providing. And in Genesis 22:14, he provided a ram for Abraham. And so Abraham saw that manifestation of God. It was, it was a miracle that that ram showed up because he was just about to do something he shouldn't have done. He was about to provide something as a sacrifice to God that wasn't the actual sacrifice, right? 
So, but he is the Lord God, our provider. If he says, I am Jehovah Shalom to you, what he's saying, I am God, your peace. God will give you a peace that passes understanding. What most people want today, they don't want peace. They're looking for comfort. God won't give you comfort, but he will give you peace. See, because peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is a still calmness and confidence even in the midst of trouble. And most people don't know how to deal with that. When, 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 when you're in trouble or when you have an issue, immediately, oh my God, see? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we just lose it. We're good at losing it. And today, man, everybody's losing it all over it for any little thing. You know, some of the people I serve in the building industry, you know, I want to tell them, I says, will you chill out a bit? Will you calm down? Are you seeing yourself? I, I want to say that. And I, I always say it to them in my mind. <laughs> yeah, because they exaggerate simple things. The other day, one person complained. I'm talking about like, their house was on fire. Because the water, instead of being very hot, it was just hot. Yeah. And what they don't realize is that the city's mandating that we take our water, our hot water, and make it lower. Right now, it's supposed to be 120 degrees and no more. No, I want my water to be scalding hot. Well, you're not going to get it, not in this building, because we have some wisdom and revelation. Because what's the flip side of that? It's scalding hot, you get scalded, now you sue the building for a million dollars. Another thing is they don't realize if you reduce the water by one degree Fahrenheit at a building level, now you just finish saving five to $10,000 at the end of the year. You see my point? So uh, the, the, the bottom line is, is that peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace. Get this revelation in your spirit right now. God wants to bring you to a place of peace, of stillness in your mind, in your heart, even if you're one month rent late or one one month late in your rent. Thank you. Even if you lose your job. Even if you lose a contract, whatever it may be. You know why? You're confident because now your faith is in Him versus in the circumstance. And I find that too many Christians that are confident in their circumstances. They're more confident and trust more in their now, what they see with their eyes, than what God has spoken in His Word. And the Bible makes it very clear. The faith, or rather the just, shall live by faith. The just do not live by emotion. Thank you. You're very kind. The, faith, the, the, the just shall live by faith. So there's a stillness in my heart. I'm at peace. Even though I'm going through stuff. Because I know he's with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. So this, this thing came to pass. Say to your neighbor, it came to pass. He's here today. But that thing's gone tomorrow. Because my God is going to make sure that I go through this situation. And I come on the other side 100%. Praise the Lord. Then when he says to you, He's Jehovah Rapha, or Jehovah Rophe. He's the Lord who heals. He restores my soul. God is a healer physically. God is a healer spiritually. God is a healer mentally. Many times at the end of the week, man, I have so much stress on me. I say, I receive you, Jehovah Rapha, in my life, in my mind, in my heart. And I meditate on that a moment. And then I, I actually feel my body calming down. See, because here in New York, we have a lot of stress. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Amen. Raise your hands if you agree with me. There's a lot of stress out there. It really is. And we need, uh, you know, I'm not going to meditate like, um, 
I don't do that, but I'm going to meditate in his word. The Bible says meditate in his word. So I said, Father, thank you because your word says that you're the Lord that healeth. And you healeth me, so to speak. So I receive your forgiveness. I receive your healing. I receive your divine provision. When the Lord says, I'm Jehovah Sikenu, means I'm the Lord God, your righteousness. So I have to remember that I'm not loved by God more today because I behave a little better than yesterday because I didn't behave so well. If you ever get to that place where you think that God loves you more because you hate, behave better today, you missed it. God is your righteousness. You're not saved and loved and righteous because of your actions. You're saved and blessed and healed and righteous because of His action on the cross. Let's make no mistake about it. And I say this to those that think they're better than others because they live better. Remember the prodigal a son. When he came back home, the father forgave him, took him in, had a party with him. The oldest son got very angry at the father and says, you know, I'm here all the time and I'm serving you and you never kill a fatted calf for me. And the father says, you know, everything I have is yours. You're already in my household. You're already living in the blessings. Why are you so jealous about your brother? The problem was is that the oldest son was self-righteous. And he thought he had the right, and his son, who had gone out there and committed all sorts of sins, did not have the right. He should have come back as a servant. But me, I didn't mess up. I shouldn't. I, I should be, you should be celebrating me, because I, I did right. Self-righteousness will get you messed up. Because then you start thinking you're better, and that's the sin of pride. Yes. And the sin of pride was just what made Lucifer into the devil. The sin of pride is one of the most dangerous sins that exists. The moment you start thinking you're bigger and better than the next person, you're on your way to a fall. The Bible says pride comes just before the fall. Oh, you're preaching it yourself. He says, he calls himself, I am Jehovah Shammah, another compound name. I am the Lord that's ever present. I am with you. So he wants to remind you today, he never left you. Say he never, uh, your neighbor, he never left you. He's always with you each and every day. Glory to God. So he is going to be with you when you're going through a difficult time and you're praying. He's listening to you. And he's preparing that exit. He's preparing that victory for you. Sometimes it takes a day. It takes a week. It might take a month. But he's on the case. And he got there before you, by the way. Because Shepherd always gets there before you. And arranges the stuff for you so that you could graze on fresh grass. Praise God. If he, if he calls you... Or rather, if he tells you, I am Jehovah Makadesh, that means I am the Lord who sanctifies. So you don't sanctify yourself. He sanctifies you. Yes. He sets you apart. Amen. Praise God. You know, it, it's a sanctification is, wow, that's so holy. No, no, it's a setting apart. Yes. Like, for example, if you come to my house, you could sit in my furniture. But I have several things in my house that are set apart just for me. Yes. I don't want Amen. nobody touching it. Amen. For example, my toothbrush. I'm not going to be happy with you. If you go to my bathroom, you say, can I use your bathroom? Sure. So it's over here. Go ahead. And you come back out and say, how are my teeth? They're fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I use your toothbrush. Yeah, I had a little thing on it, so I use your toothbrush. I say, all right. Idiot sighting. <laughs> and him and I, or her and I, are going to have words. Yeah. Or I'm going to kick them out of my house. Because they just finished taking something that was consecrated, yes, yes. set apart yes. just for me, yes. and they took it as something common. Yes. 
See? Right. So that's what God does. He sanctifies you. He sets you apart for service. He sets you apart for his family. So you're no longer common. Amen. See, I come if anybody talks to me in a certain way, you know, I have to remind them. I'm not common. Don't talk to me that way. There's certain things I won't receive because I'm no longer common. I'm a child of God. Amen. Amen. In the, before in the world, they used to call me all sorts of names, and probably I was that. I deserved it. But listen, when Christ made me new, my walk is different. It's sanctified. When, when, <laughs> even if it, when I say something that I shouldn't, you know, even a footnote, right? I'm sanctified. So I said, ooh, that doesn't belong. Oh. Father, forgive me, and I, 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 I put that behavior, I put it to the side, because it doesn't belong to me anymore. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Amen. You're set apart, you're special, and God is the one that does that. He said, you didn't find me, you didn't seek after me, I found you. Amen. I sought you, I went after you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. When I say El Elyon, that means the most high God. He's above every God. There's a lot of gods on earth. Little gods, little G's. Amen. But he's the God above all gods. When he says, when he says I am El-Rohi, I am the God who sees everything. So I love it because even though people don't see what you're doing, they don't see your prayers, they don't see your kindness, they don't see your actions, or they might reject your kindness. God sees it. Amen. See, so no longer... If I do some a kindness to somebody and, and they, they reject it, I, know, don't long, longer, I don't any longer say thank you. Later for you then. I'm not going to do it for anybody else then. That's it. You see, that's what I get for helping people. No, I said, Lord, I submit that in your kingdom. I sow that in the ground of, of the benefit of somebody else. Yes. It, they might not catch it, but somebody else will. will. You understand? Thank but the point is God sees. He sees us. He sees when other people mistreat us. So when somebody mistreats me or talks about me, I go, oh boy, daddy's going to know about this and daddy's going to take care of business. You, you understand? In other words, I'm not going to uh, worry like, oh, they're taking, uh, you know, they're abusing and, and, and you know, nothing's going to happen. No, not in the kingdom. Something will happen. Almighty, Almighty God, Almighty Heavenly Father is just. Praise God. What about El Shaddai, the Almighty God who is more than enough? More than enough. There's no such thing as depression or recession in his kingdom. Amen. He's the owner of all the gold and the silver. So even in the midst of recession, God can prosper you. Amen. I'm serious. God can prosper you even in the midst of a recession. I remember I was speaking with my wife in the living room of our home. And I was saying, we got to pray because uh, we have a, a lot of bills, a lot of stuff. And then I said, okay, let's do it together. And we agreed to pray. And we even fasted together. And from that point, God started open up, open, opening up doors that didn't exist. They weren't there. That's right. That's right. Just, just this week, I had various people call me to, just to bless me. They wanted to put money in my hands and show up here, show up. I, went, I showed up downtown. They're giving me a check. I'm going to another place out there. They're going to give me a check. And it's not that I'm asking. They're asking me. Don't you love it when money follows you? Some of you are serious. I'm serious. God wants to provide. He's more than enough. But we'll see. But the thing is, we're looking here. I don't see anything. No, because see, you're not looking at the supernatural. At the super, in the supernatural, there's more than enough. Yes. And just think, think wisdom, just a moment. Right now, where is it that you're storing all of the memos, the emails, uh, all of your documents? Where are you storing them? Oh, in my computer, of course. Uh, excuse me, where in your computer? That's 
In the server. In the server where? In a hard drive. In the hard drive where? Subtitle. Where? Where does it go? Hmm? In the memory? In the memory where? Okay. Just the hard drive. The hard drive within the RAM. What happened? Deep. It's deep. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. It goes in a chip. A chip, yeah. But hold on a second. You mean to tell me all of the books, I have a lot of e-books. I have thousands of documents in a little tiny thing? Don't ever say there's not enough. God is able to find space yes. and material and stuff inside a little chip. In the universe, there's more than enough of everything for every single person. When we're in limit, it's our mind that's limited. When we are in limit, it's because we're not seeing the way God sees. God sees abundance in a different way than we do. God sees abundance in relationships. He sees abundance in suddenlies. He sees abundance where you and I will never even think, but he can do beyond all you can do beyond everything that I ask or even think. Amen. By his power that resides powerfully in us. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. He's Jehovah or Yahweh Nisi. And that means he's the Lord my banner. He's the Lord my victory. So in other words, he, he, he has victory for us already before we ever got into the battle. Amen, amen. Oh, you, you, you didn't understand that. You, you didn't hear that. Before you get into a battle, he already gave you the victory. Yes. Hallelujah. Before you got into a battle, he knows your enemy. He already set a, set a process and a pattern for you to have victory. Right. Praise God. Je, in Jehovah Sab, Saboth. Saboth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of war. In other words, he goes to fight for us when we can't fight for ourselves. Hallelujah. My God. Amen. There's so much in his name that if we were to understand it, we would never mistreat that name again. The Lord is my shepherd. Who? The Lord. The Lord God Almighty. And the last name I just wanted to touch, there's so many, but I wanted to touch one more, is this issue of Isaiah 6, 9. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. But there's another name right there that I love, Everlasting Father. He's all this to us because he's our Everlasting Heavenly Father. One, one article went on to say, more than virtually any other factor, the biological father's presence in the family will determine the child's success and happiness. Today, many scientists and behavioral experts concur that the crisis in families, to a major point, is the lack of father. The prophet Malachi, he said this, that when Jesus came on the cross, he would restore the relationship between father and son. The National Fatherhood Initiative collected the following data. It said children in father-absent homes are five times more likely to be poor. Infant mortality rates are 1.8 times higher for infants of unmarried mothers 
than for married mothers. Youths in father-absent households still had significantly higher odds of incarceration than those in mother-father families. Youths in more, are more at risk of, of substance abuse without a highly involved father. Being raised by a single mother raises the risk of teen pregnancy. My God. As much as single mothers work. But the father presence is very important. Fatherless children are twice as likely to drop out of school. Compared to living with both parents, living in a single parent home doubles the risk that a child will suffer in physical, emotional, or educational neglect. I have uh, Brother Nate reading a book about uh, the fathers and one of the statements that were said there, the negative statistics of fatherlessness can be reversed by the power of fathers restored to their place in the family and their true calling as men. But the greatest father is Almighty God. So in the absence of a natural father, your heavenly father wants to come in and restore everything that the enemy stole from you. He is father. He is our source, our nourisher our sustainer, our supporter, our founder, our protector, and our upholder. He is Heavenly Father. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Say to your neighbor, He is Heavenly Father. One, one great preacher said this. Let me see if I could get through it. I'll have a little cup of water here. All right, you ready for this one? gentleman by the name of S.M. Lockridge, the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church. He said this, He's my king. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is supreme. He is preeminent. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest idea in philosophy. He's the fundamental truth in theology. He's the miracle of the age. He's the only one able to supply all our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available to the, for the tempted and the, t and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. He beautifies the meek. Do you know him? Well, my king is the king of knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. His life is matchless. His goodness limitless. His mercy everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteousness. His yoke is easy, I'm sorry, easy, and his burden is light. Well, I wish I could describe him to you, but 
He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He is invincible. He's irresistible. I'm trying to tell you the heavens cannot contain him. Let alone a man explain him. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off your hands. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod could not kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave could not hold him. That's my king. He always has been, and he always will be. I'm talking about who he is. He had no predecessor, and he, who ha he has no successor. And there was nobody before him, and there'll be nobody after him. You can't impeach him, You're not going to, and he's not going to resign. We try to get prestige and honor and glory to ourselves, but the glory is all his. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever and ever. He is my king. He is my heavenly father. Amen.